Welcome to the Cedar Lake Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired and fulfilled by this week's message from Pastor Neil Hopper. If you would like to know more about us, visit our website at clcc.church. I ain't in no hurry. And I promise I'll have you out before one. Hey, y'all better know them Falcons been winning. Y'all want to get home and go see the game, don't you? Did somebody say they was four and four? Is that right? I think they are, ain't they? Amen. Don't hold your breath. Look, who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it, right? Well, yeah, we do. We, we love living in the South, and if you're not careful, football is a religion. It is. Yeah, pe- people do things at a football game. A, bu- a bu- buddy of mine, he spent $800 on a ticket to go sit in the rain on yesterday. I ain't hating on him. But it was pretty good when that rain started falling right there at the house. Amen. Wonder if he spent eight hundred dollars to help the kingdom. I ain't look. I ain't. I ain't throwing. Look, I've spent the money too. I've spent the money too. All right. But uh, don't forget the kingdom. Don't forget kingdom investments and kingdom things. Um, and uh, so I want to talk to you today uh, about. Uh, I was going to uh, conclude uh, or start maybe the second part, but I just really felt led this week to go a different direction. We talked a little bit about the lie, believing the liar. We talked about the strategy of hell has always been uh, the lie and you believing the lie. That's the reason I believe if you don't know your promises and you don't know what you've been given in Christ, then you won't appropriate that. Uh, I was explaining to somebody the other day that if you were to, if somebody was to leave you money in a will and you didn't go claim that money, you, you never showed up at the probate office when they probated the will and they didn't know where to find you, there would come a time that the state would take that money. That's, that's what happens in our state, um, e- even if you might get it down the road somewhere. So here's what I'm saying to you. The kingdom is much the same way. If it's yours, you have to stand up. And here's my message for today. You have to push. Sometimes you have to push. When life pushes on you, you have to push back. And so many of you have been in services before. It's not going to come up with something new or any of those things. I'm going to tell you that we're a push kind of people, and that is we pray until something happens. It's so simple. I heard this message years ago, but I've been telling our people on Wednesday night for a long time that we are a people of prayer. One of our core values here is that we are a house of prayer. It's interesting that when, uh, when the Bible says, I think it was the words of Jesus, when he said to the people, when he overthrew the tables and he said to the people, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Not a house of great sermons, but we love them. Everybody loves a good preacher, right? Not a house of just great singing, but a house of prayer. Now, here's what I believe. I believe that my praise is a prayer in and of itself. My praise begins to be a prayer. My worship begins to be a prayer. That's the reason we can say, I raise a hallelujah. If you can get a song in the night, 
If you can find your song in the night, most everybody here has had what theologians call a dark night of the soul. You've had a situation where you found yourself so absolutely overtaken with struggle or, or whatever's going on. We, we, we call that a wilderness experience or a dark night of the soul. And if you understand the power of a praise, all you have to do is go to Acts chapter 16 and look at Paul and Silas and you recognize the thing that they did in the midnight hour was they prayed and they praised. We don't ever lose our praise. For the last eight or 10 years, I have said to all of you, we do not, we never, ever, by any means or circumstances, we do not throw in the towel and quit. But what we do is we throw up our hands and we raise a hallelujah. Even when I feel nothing, because my emotions, they don't rule me. I'm not moved by the enemy. When my bank account is empty, I raise a hallelujah. You cannot lose your praise. You, you must not. You don't throw in the towel. If you're a part of this church or part of this body or you watch online, we never throw in the towel and quit. Don't ever give up. What did Coach Jimmy B say? If, you, you, if you're a sports fan, he said, don't ever give up. Don't ever, ever, never give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. You, you stay right there. We are a people of prayer. That's the reason Margaret Adams is sitting in the back. That's, that's the reason Kelly Talbert is sitting right over here because we're a people of prayer. And you hold on and you pray until it ain't time to pray anymore. Amen? You, you, you either do one or two things, uh, and let me say it, I'll say it the way, I love this quote. Um, what do we do if we don't get our prayer answered? Because this is a big deal in the church. You know what Bill Johnson said? You may or may not like Bill Johnson. Makes no difference to me. I love the quote. Bill Johnson said, the backslidden in heart will judge God by what he did not do. Yeah, just let that, just let that roll right there. Let, let that just sink in. The backslider in heart will always judge God for what he didn't do. And there's a point where we, our prayer life is about surrender. There's a point when our prayer life has to be about me getting in sync with God. I know I'm just talking to you, but hear me. I'm saying something. I, I taught Wednesday night, and I'm going to just really quickly go back through that. I won't make you turn there, but I want you to just hear the story. Most of you have read your Bible enough to know that in 1 Kings chapter 18, there's a story uh, they're in a drought. The, the prophet has said in the previous chapter that there's going to be a drought until I say there isn't going to be a drought. And I don't even have time to say to you that sometimes there's a drought until you say, until you say, I'm tired of being in a drought. So, but he understands the reason for the prophetic declaration is, is to get their attention. And so in 1 Kings chapter 18, if you know the story, he gets to the bottom of the story and 
after he has made fun of the prophets of Baal because they can't get their God to answer. And they cut themselves and they're, they're jumping up and down on the sacrifice all day long. And the prophet says to them, maybe your God went on vacation. Maybe he can't hear. And he begins to say to, he begins to mock them a little bit and say, maybe your God just, maybe he's, he's on a journey or maybe he's, for whatever reason, maybe you got to wake him up. Maybe you should wake your God up. And so they cry louder and cut themselves. They begin, think about that. They cut themselves trying to get their God to answer. We don't even have time for that this morning. But there's a lot of self-mutilators. And I'm not just talking about that in the natural. I was made well aware about 10 years ago. I had no clue that this was a phenomenon in our, in our culture, especially amongst young people. You know, there's cutters. It's demonic. It is from the pit of hell. They say they get a release uh, by doing it. So we don't even have time for that. But these people were cutting themselves, trying to get their God to answer. And if you know the story, uh, the prophet of God says, well, look, y'all bring some water on my side and you pour it over the wood and you pour it over the bullock and you make it drip all around. We want enough water. He said, don't just bring one barrel, bring two, bring three barrels. And the Bible says that he told them, whichever God answers by fire, Whichever God answers by fire, Mr. Buddy, let him be God. And so what happens? God answers by fire. And here's what I love. Says the fire, that the Bible says that the fire, not only did it consume the bullock, not only the wood, it consumed the dust and it licked up the water. And I begin to say to our people Wednesday night, I want to see the fire of God fall not, not just so we can be radical, crazy Pentecostals. That's not, what we're, that's not what I'm after. That's not my end goal. My end goal is to see the fire of God come and absolutely lick up every bit of water. I mean, absolutely just do something in Cedartown and in Polk County so that we see. But here's the thing. You have to believe that when you pray, God answers by fire, that God answers, that God is still a God who hears the cry of his people. And when you don't get your answer or when you didn't get you thought what you thought you were supposed to get, you cannot lose heart. You have to say, God only you know and keep on moving forward in faith. You say, are there not answers, Pastor Neil? Yes, there's answers. Sometimes the answer is God said no. But I will not, I will not judge God on what he didn't do. The backslider in heart will always judge God by what he didn't do. You know what happens? We forget all the things he did. We forget all the times that he came through. We forget all the times that he made a way where there wasn't a way. We forget all the times that we were right there and we were at the water. Pharaoh was on our back. There's nowhere to go. There's absolutely no way. There's Pharaoh back there. We're dead. And what does he do? He just opens up and they walk on dry land. And then, and then he just absolutely... The armies come in, the Egyptians come in, and he just drowns them all. It was, it was, it was a trap. He just, I mean, he just psyched them right on in. They walked over on dry land. You have to believe that there's still miracles, signs, and wonders. Let's go to, let's go to Acts chapter 4. 
Acts chapter four, and let's look at a scripture. Um, again, let me remind you, w- one of our core values here is that we are a house of prayer. It's why we have Saturday prayer. It's why we have intercessory prayer. And while you're turning to Acts chapter four, let, let me remind you of just a couple of things. And that is many times you don't know what to pray because you haven't heard God on the matter. If here's what happens, and, and I'm guilty of this, so hear me out. We're going to Acts chapter four, but there's been so many prophecies. How many of you sitting here, you've had a prophecy or you believe like a real prophetic voice or maybe God even spoke to you about something and yet you have no, you don't know, like how's this gonna really happen? Like, and somehow you believe that magically it's just gonna happen one day um, because, you know, the Bible does say where their prophecies, they'll cease or they'll fail. Doesn't mean that God is a failure. It means that we we fail to appropriate or to understand or we misunderstand. But what happens when someone gives you a what we in the church call a word from God? And we do believe there are people with prophetic gifting and those type things. We've had many, many prophetic uh, utterances over this house and over our lives, and many of you had. Heck, I've prophesied over a bunch of you myself when I feel like God gives me something. But here's the thing. Here's what you miss, and this is what you have to understand about that. You say, just because God said it, it's going to happen. No, we pray in what He said. We pray in what He said. So if you don't know what He said about a matter, how can you pray in the will of God and the Word of God if you don't even know or have any kind of basis for what you believe? So you have to know what you believe. You have to know what God said about a thing. You cannot accurately pray over a thing if you don't understand what God's will and his word is over that issue. So if you don't understand, so um, in Acts chapter 4, we begin in verse 23. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Just know if God said it, we believe it. He's a man of his word. But just because God said it, if you don't put faith with that and begin to walk toward that, you won't see every promise of God because it's it's your faith that matters. In other words, if I never line my faith up with what God is saying and begin to pray, why do you think we pray, come thy kingdom be done, thy will? Because we pray in what he said was already ours, right? So in Acts chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 23, Acts chapter 4. It would help if the pastor would get there, right? Acts chapter 4. Let's hope our internet is working on today. Here we go. Acts chapter 4, we'll go down to verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard, when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, 
who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, And the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servant. Listen, he said, we were gathered together. I don't want you to miss this. He said, we were gathered together and we were going to do what the determinate counsel and what the will of God is. And he said, they began to breathe out threatenings. They began to breathe out things. The people of that day, those who were in positions of even political authority, they began to say to them, um, we, we don't want you to preach and teach in this name. If I set the story up for you accurately and I didn't want to go through the whole thing, uh, a man was healed in the previous verses in verse uh, in three and in the first part of four, they begin to deal with that. And what happens is when they don't know what to do because a man has been healed, they said, we don't know how to stop this, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to go in and we're going to threaten those people and we're going to say to them, don't teach and preach in that name anymore. They, they, they couldn't stop it. They couldn't deny it. Even all the people in the city knew this man got a real miracle, right? So what happens is, is the rulers and uh, uh, the, the people who are in positions of authority that didn't want them to teach and to preach in this name, those people, they don't know what to do. So they just say, we're going to shut this down. And here's what he says. If you look really closely, he says um, in verse 24, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is uh, in them, who by the mouth of David thy servant uh, said, why do the heathen rage? That is a that is a quote from the book of Psalms. I think it's either Psalm chapter two. Uh, Psalm chapter two talks about why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves up. People who are in positions of authority who think they're smarter than God. People who think they're smarter than God begin to set themselves up. And what he says, he begins the prayer by saying this. And when they heard this, they lifted up their voice. The first response was, we need to get together and pray about this. And, and you know what, Tanda, what they say is, is, oh God, has it come to that? No, that should always be the first response. We should be a people of prayer. When they heard that, they said, we've got to call a prayer meeting. We've got to get somebody in agreement. We've got to come. And so he says, they begin to lift up their voices to God with one accord. And they said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said. So what does he do in his prayer? He begins to acknowledge God, right? I don't want to give you a pattern for prayer, just a pattern. I think patterns are great. 
I do believe in the historical prayers of the church. I do believe that it takes 21 seconds to pray the Lord's Prayer and you could change the world just praying that prayer, especially if you pray it as an outline. We could talk about prayer. We could talk about the, the prayer of the Tabernacle of Moses, which is a great prayer that a man named Youngie Cho taught people around the world to pray. There's the prayer that some of you was taught. You, were you ever, anybody ever taught to pray the praying hands method? Do y'all know the praying hands method to pray? You don't know the praying hands method to pray? Everybody ought to know the praying hands method to pray. All right, you pray like this, right? The, these closest thing to your heart. Pray for everybody that's close to you. Everything that's, the, the, the second one, uh, let's see, second one is, I would call this the pointer finger, but we could also call it, uh, I forget, there's the thumb. This is the authority. That's the furthest reaching, those that reaches out. This is for the weak, for the weak. And this is for you. Um, I want to say this one is for direction, for pointing and direction. So that, it's just a little simple method that you could teach your kids. So your thumbs, your thumb, always what's closest to your heart. Okay, so praying a method is really good, and I like that if that will get you to pray. If you don't know how to pray, it's good to have something to get you going, but that's to get you going, not to get you finished. Because the end goal of prayer is not just to say, I prayed for 25 or 30 minutes. The end goal of prayer is so that you know what he's already said so you can pray it in. It's aligning myself properly with what God's desire is. It's aligning myself. There's so many things and, and, and ways to pray. And sometimes I pray all kinds of ways. I have prayed the Tabernacle of Moses. I have prayed... Um, I prayed the, the Lord's Prayer. That's the method where our Father, you thank Him that He's your Father by blood of Jesus. It begins to be more than just a 21-second prayer, but it begins to be an outline. I've prayed all those kind of ways, and they're all very successful ways to get your prayer life going. But God, anoint us to pray. Anoint us to pray. It's more, I believe, it can be just as much a gift. But we're, prayer, we're people of prayer. And in this particular prayer, the first thing they do is they lifted up their voices with one accord. I think one accord, I don't even have time for one accord today, but one accord doesn't happen without people who are in a place of unity. And they were all, same thing happened two chapters over, and they were all in one mind and in one accord. And the Holy Spirit began to move. It's, it says to us that there's still something about getting a people together that are in one mind and one accord to pray in the will of God, to pray, come thy kingdom, be done thy will in my life. Many of you have heard me tell the story when I was very upset one time, the radio station needed money. We needed a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money. And I didn't know what to do. And for a couple of days I had walked around and I had said, literally muttering under my breath, what are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. I wonder what we're going to do. Wrong move. Wrong move. We, we, we don't even have time for, um, we don't even have time for that today of muttering under your breath and, and what the Greek term means and all of those things. And I didn't bring that for you this morning, but we don't mutter under our breath. We are the people of God and we stand up and say what the word and the will of God is. We stand up, you know, some things you say and some things you pray. We say to the mountain, be thou removed, and we pray about other things. We don't pray for the mountain to be removed. He didn't tell you to pray for the mountain to be removed. He said, you say to the mountain. We say some things and we pray some things. And unfortunately, that goes right over some people's head. If you keep praying about something and it's not moving and things aren't changing, it's time for you to start talking to some things. 
It's time for you to talk to some things. Speak to the mountain. The, the power of the Christ that is on the inside of you is this power, and that is when you speak to the mountain, it grows ears. It begins to move. It, it has no... So you say, I don't know, Pastor Neil, I've been praying about this and this and this and this, and I'm not getting any result. I'm not seeing... All right, let's change the way we pray. Is it, I mean, is that hard? That's not too simple, right? Or as, or as one brother said, maybe God didn't like that prayer. Maybe God, maybe God didn't like your prayer. Let's change the way we pray. It isn't that God didn't like your prayer. Maybe, it's, maybe you're up against something that's more than just something that you need to petition God for. Maybe it's more you need to stand up in the authority that God has given you and in the name of Jesus begin to take authority over a thing and say enough is enough. We got to push some things back. It's pray until something happens. Push Praise until something happens and just keep pushing until you see a breakthrough. But if, if you're not, if you're not thinking, Hey, I'm not getting my prayers answered. Maybe you're up against something that's more than just I'm praying in a need. Maybe it is. I've got to push some things back and tell the enemy where to get off because you know your promises and you're not going to allow anything to keep you from the promise that God has given you. You got to know your promises and my promises aren't always selfish. You know, it's not about my selfishness. So lest I get off track, let me remind you. So the radio station needed, I don't know, 120,000, 150,000. I don't know what it was. Way more money than we could ever think, you know. And I can remember walking around for a couple of days going, what are we going to do? Man, I don't know what we're going to do. And I, I can remember one morning I got up and I was just praying and I said, Lord, what are we going to do? And I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, well, what did the saints of old do? Or better yet, let me just make it real plain. What did Ed and Jane do? What would his mom and dad started it. They were the ones that began it. Well, what did they do? Because at least to that point, we were still floating, you know. And so I, what did they do? And the first thing that came to my mind was they prayed it in. You pray in what you have need of. You pray in things. You pray that doors are open. You pray, pray, get a prayer strategy for what you're doing. We, we believe that God will, if you don't know what to do, ask God to give you a prayer strategy and watch what God will do if you'll get a prayer strategy. If you'll get a prayer strategy, it's amazing. And you know, I'm not asking you to labor. Some people are laborers in prayer. Some people are laborers. If we go back to the First Kings 18 story, if you remember what happened to the man of God, and I'm jumping, I apologize. But in First Kings chapter 18, you don't have to go there, Shannon. But in First Kings chapter 18, he says to his assistant, he says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And his assistant says, I don't see nothing. And he says, go look toward the sea. And he says, comes back a second time, nothing. He said, go look again. Why is it that some people have look again faith? Some prophetic people have an understanding and they say, I know I heard the sound of abundance of rain. Here's what happens. You, if you hear rain in your spirit, if you hear the sound of the abundance of rain and yet you see nothing, what happens? He sends him seven times. And then the prophet says, I'm going to go to the top of Mount Carmel 
and I'm going to put my head between my legs. That's a place of prayer, by the way. I'm going to settle myself down in the top of this mountain, and I'm going to pray until there's a pouring rain. And so he says, you go look again, and I'm going to go to the top of Mount Carmel, and I'm going to put my head between my legs, and I'm going to begin to pray. And he comes back, and he says, I see a cloud about as big as a man's hand. And look, here's the difference. The difference is he says, I see I see a cloud about as big as a man's hand. That ain't no thundercloud. That's not a thunder boomer. That don't look like much rain. Don't look like much rain to you. But the prophet said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I have to pray in what I've already heard. As simple as that sounds, some of you don't know what your promise is. You don't know what your prophetic understanding is. People have told you things and you forget to pray about it. You have to pray in what God said. You don't get to pray in anything you want. That's selfishness. That's that's a, a gospel that I'm not talking about. This is an unselfish thing. When we pray, come thy kingdom, be done thy will, we pray in what he's already said. We pray in what he said. We go to the top of the mountain. And don't be religious about it. You can do this standing in the kitchen cooking dinner, ladies. Don't be religious about it. You can go to the top of the mountain by closing your eyes in a five-minute prayer before you go in the gym to take your walk in the afternoon. You can can walk around uh, taking your walk in the afternoon, Armand, and you can walk around the, the lake up by your house or whatever, and you can pray in the will of God just walking down the road. There's, there's, it just takes the effort to put forward and to know that God wants you to pray. And we, we pray, people can't become what they don't know. In other words, if you, if you hear the promise, how are you ever going to see that come to pass in your life if you don't know to pray that in? If you don't know, as, as we would say, lean into it or pray into it or have faith for it. Faith, how can I say this? Um, Vision will let you look and see what you believe the land is. Vision, you can see a vision. You have a vision for where you want your life to go. You have a vision for where you want your business to go. You have a vision. So vision will let me see it, but faith will let me explore it. Vision will let you see a thing. You can see what you believe, you know, you believe God's will is for your life. But faith will let me walk into that land and bring that to pass. Faith will let me go in and begin to appropriate the promises. Faith will let me go in and run out some Hittites and some Jebusites and some parasites and all of the ites. Faith will let me go in and do that. So when we begin to pray, we are, look, if you're sitting here this morning, you may never considered yourself a prayer warrior or a person of prayer. I, I came to announce to you today, you're a prayer warrior. You are a prayer warrior. Everybody in the body of Christ, you say, I ain't much on prayer, Pastor Neil. I don't, I don't, I don't do too well. You're a prayer warrior. God will ask him to teach you how to pray. What did he say? They said, Lord, teach us to pray, just like John taught his disciples to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Give us a strategy for prayer. Give us a strategy. And God begins to give your intercessors a strategy about different things in the city to pray over. Um... One last story, and I promise we'll finish uh, Acts chapter 4, and we'll be on our way. Uh, Elder Tony sitting in the back. When, when Ashley got Guillain-Barre, and she was paralyzed, 
most of you know Ashley and you know her story. Uh, she's a dancer. She was had just gotten married. She comes home one day and I think they wake up one morning. She just can't walk. No, just don't know what happened. Literally, sh- strong woman, do it. She cannot move. And her brand new husband, what are they? Just a few months into marriage. They're, they're, they haven't been married long at all. He picks her up and carries her to the car because her legs don't work. Now, just yesterday, she's fine. She got diagnosed with something called Guillain-Barre. If you don't know it, it's a syndrome, and um, it, it, it's, it's a mess. So you could panic, but I just said, God, give me a strategy to pray for Ashley so I'll know how to pray. So what did I do? I felt like I was supposed to pray Psalm 91 over her every day. And here was my prayer. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my strength. And I used to say, Lord, I thank you that Ashley is so hidden in the secret place of the Most High that Guillain Barre can't even find her. That she's so hidden in Christ that this thing cannot even find her. That, and, and I've used that so many times. That was the strategy. That's the strategy that God gave me for that situation. But when it came to praying in money, God said, pray it in. There's different ways that the Holy Spirit will teach you how to pray if you will just be open. And I don't know why nobody ever told me when I was young, you get a strategy in prayer. Like, God, we don't even know where to start praying about this thing. Don't just go all crazy wasting up your time. God, give us, I want to pray about this and I want to do it in such a way. I want to, it's, it's praying with God and not just to him. And I know that's a little strange terminology for some of you, but it's learning to pray. And when the Holy Spirit gives you a strategy, now I'm praying with him, with my help, with the Spirit. And now I'm praying with and in the Spirit, and I'm not just praying all on my own. Now, all of a sudden, we're making headway in prayer. Amen? So let's finish Acts. I promise, I promise I'll get you out of here. Is this all right? We are people of prayer. That's the reason we believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. Is that all right? If my computer would just help me. I done rabbit trailed you so long. Let's go. Where do we want to start? Let's go to 24, Acts 4, 24. And when they had heard, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you're God. In other words, they settled the issue of his lordship over the matter. You're God which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? And the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. I don't know if they saw this as prophetic. You got to understand these men would have known the Psalms. They would have been taught the Psalms as young Jewish men. And I don't know if they realized in that moment that we're living in a prophetic moment, that Acts chapter 2 or whatever it is, the, the, the um, Psalm chapter 2, so they begin to call that same Psalm forth. I don't know if they know that. I have to assume that what began to happen, they begin to say, we've seen this before. Oh, that's Psalm chapter 2. So what happens is, is when you begin to realize something and realize there's a scripture to go with it, Now we know how to pray. Now we know what God is saying to us. Now we know we're living in a moment. It's just like saying, how did Joel know? 
How in the world did Joel know when he said, this is that that the prophet, uh, how did they know in Acts chapter two what Joel had said in Joel chapter two or chapter three? How did, he, how did they know that? Have you ever thought about that? How did they know? How did, how did they know to stand up and say, this is that that was spoken by the prophet? Where did that come from? Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. How did they connect the two? Well, same thing here. How did they connect the two? They had read the text as a child, most likely. And then when it happened, they said, we've seen this before, Psalm chapter two. For of a truth, verse 27 says, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and all the people of Israel gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. In other words, this is my interpretation of that. He said, they can only do what you said they could do. And now, Lord, behold, their threatenings. And here's what he said. Here's the prayer. Here's the strategy. You, you hear their threatenings. You hear what they've said. They told us not to speak in the name anymore. Unto thy servant, that with all boldness we may speak thy word. The one thing they said is, is we got to speak the word. With a, give us a boldness to speak thy word. Would you say that with me? Would you say, give us a boldness to speak thy word? Yes, Lord, give us. He said, here's the thing. We need a boldness to speak, that we may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand, verse 30 says, to heal. He said, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. All of a sudden, now there begins to be more than just a prayer. Now God begins to answer and there's a shaking. Things begin to get all shook up and they, they're, they're shaken. The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word with boldness. We need Holy Spirit to help us speak the word with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed uh, was his own, but they had all things common. We don't even have time for all of that. And the, great, and the great power gave the apostles, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. I wish we had time for the great, they witnessed of the resurrection, they witnessed to the resurrection and th they were saying, this is the name we did it in. And they witnessed about his resurrection because it was already beginning to be known at that point. It was beginning to spread that Jesus had been raised from the dead. This, this was the message. And they were saying, we've got to shut this down. This is, is uh, against uh, our Judaism. This is against our Judaism. This is going to destroy everything. And they thought these men were come to just absolutely tear the whole city up. And that's not exactly what was happening. But he said, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Great grace was upon them all. All oh, with grace people too. If I believe if we'll pray, we'll see a brand new level of grace extended to us. If we'll pray, we'll see a brand new 
power released, if we'll be a people of prayer, I believe we'll see an open heaven in Cedartown and in Polk County, and we'll see the spiritual climate and atmosphere of this community changed by the power of God. Not just at this church, but at every church. Wouldn't you love to see revival on every corner in Cedartown? Wouldn't you love to see the addicts set free? Wouldn't you love to see people standing up for their promise and knowing who they are in Christ? I certainly would. That's what we're talking about. We are people of prayer. And when we pray, great grace is given to us. All right, let me just say a couple things to you and, and, and we'll go. First of all, in late 2014, early 2015, God began to make it clear to me that we were going to be a people of prayer, that it was very, very important that we were people of prayer. Now, you can be praying about your own life or you can pray because you have to pray in some needs sometimes, but I want to say, think bigger, Ernest T. Think bigger, think bigger. So pray in more than just your need, pray in some things into the city. Pray that God would do something and stir some things so that the spiritual climate in Polk County and in Cedartown would be changed by the glory of God. Um, We believe that prayer is essential for victorious living and it has to be spirit-led. It has to be Holy Spirit. It has to be, God will give you a strategy if you will let him. When you wake up, to the power and the authority that he's given you in prayer, you will see mountains move. You will see the tide turn. You will see doors open. Take dominion and do God's will in the earth. And we will continue to pray and God will send armies. He will send help. There is help every time we begin to pray and cry out. Help begins to come. All of my help comes from the Lord. I believe God will send, literally send angels to do what men cannot do. I believe there's, there's wars that are being won right now in the heavenlies. I believe he ultimately won a war at Calvary, right? His death, burial, and resurrection. But again, if he can keep you ignorant of a thing, you will never possess what he said you could have. Amen? So we are a people of prayer. It's a core value here. And uh, I just, if anybody's here today, I want you to stand on your feet. I'm going to close. And if you need prayer... I don't want to talk about prayer all morning and then not do it. Amen? We, we pray from a place of victory, from the heavenlies. We pray from something, from who we are in Christ, from the victory that's already been. We pray from a thing, not just for a thing. We pray because we are positioned in the heavenly places in Christ. We pray because... We see that there's so much happening in our land. So I want to pray as if, if you have a need this morning and you know uh, you don't have to move from anywhere, but if you know you need a miracle or something, you, you, somebody you know, I'm going to be praying for uh, Donna and Karen. They have a relative that uh, they're not here this morning because they have a relative that uh, needs a touch today. There's several others. I know Anita and their family need a touch uh, this morning. But if you need something from God, please don't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Don't leave here like you came. If you know you need a breakthrough, if you know you need a miracle, if you know you need a mindset, if some people tormented in their mind, if you need peace in your mind, peace in your heart, if you need something, if you need a financial miracle, we want to pray for you. If that's you, 
you can indicate that by raising your hand. Anybody say, I just, I, I need something. I need something. I need something. A lot of people here. Just leave them up. Leave them up if you don't mind. If you need God to do something. Amen. Let's pray together. You see the hands? See the hands? Let's, let's all pray together. There's power when we come together in, a, in, in unity and, and pray. God, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for the power that is released because we just invite you into our situation and we truly invite you in, oh God. We believe, Father, that healing is taking place in, in Anita's home, that it's manifesting itself even in their bodies, that they sense you touching them even now. Lord, I also pray for Sister Margaret's blood pressure, the completed miracle. We believe that you do all things well, and we're believing that her blood pressure will come in line in Jesus' mighty name. Now for every hand that's lifted, for every hand that's lifted needing physical healing, needing emotional healing, needing to be set free, I just take authority over every tormenting spirit. Nobody's going to just tell you that, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit just began to reveal. Somebody just, and the torment is more in your mind than anything, but it's a, that's, that's a big deal. If you're tormented in your mind, if, you don't, if you're not walking in the peace, some of you saints just pray with me right now. Just let's command that thing to go in Jesus' name. Tormenting spirits in Jesus' mighty name, we command you to be gone. Lord, we thank you that every place where there's been struggle and difficulty, even torment, God, we pray that the peace of God would just flood their mind, their heart, and their soul. We command in the name of Jesus every spirit of torment to be gone. We break its stronghold in Jesus' name. For those who have financial needs, God, I pray for your provision. We pray in what they have need of. We declare that you are our Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. And we say, come thy kingdom, be done thy will in those families and in, and in their finances. God, we believe that there'll be monies there to do what needs to be done. Not just to pay bills, but bless them so they have more than enough so that they can begin to be givers and fund the kingdom. God, we bless you for it and we thank you. We believe that miracles, when we begin to stand, that miracles begin to break out. In Jesus' name, walls fall. Walls fall. We speak to every mountain. If, you are, if you've been praying about something for a long time and you haven't gotten a breakthrough, whatever that mountain is, I want you to speak to the mountain right now. I don't want you to pray about the mountain. I want you to take authority and take just a second here and let's speak to the mountain and command it to be gone. In Jesus' name, we speak to the mountain. Take the authority that God has given you and speak to the mountain. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord, that mountains move. We thank you for it. The mountain of unbelief the mountain of debt, the mountain called struggle, 
Lord, we refuse to be a people of struggle. We will not spend our days as strangers in a weary land. We will not spend our days spinning our wheels and making no difference. We thank you, Lord, for kingdom advancement in our lives. Kingdom advancement. Come thy kingdom be done thy will in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you for it right now, God. We bless your name and we give you all praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless, God bless, God bless.